Really, really excited about the word today. Jeremiah Pickerel is, is one of our very gifted uh, communicators of the word of God. Always rich food. Give uh, Jeremiah a warm welcome as he comes and talk to us about Jesus and his message to us today. everybody. Do you guys know what's happening today after church? I don't know if you've heard about it or any of that stuff or anything. I was, uh, I was shown, I told somebody I was trying to stay neutral. I wore red, but then somebody said you wore gold pants though. I was like, oh man. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so today's message is titled, Game Day, Fear or Faith, One Has to Win in Each of Our Lives. So I'm going to ask you again, Andrew, uh, do you know, I need to know immediately right now, when, it, when is the game? When is the game? Two o'clock. No, it's not at two o'clock. Brenda, when is the game today? Can you tell me when the game is? You don't know? Can somebody, what'd you say? Right now. Right now. Wow. The game is right now. It starts right now. Right now the game starts. A minute from now the game starts again. A minute from now the game starts again. Every moment of your life the game is at play. It's not tomorrow. It's not yesterday. It's right now. So I was just uh, going to tell a couple accounts in the Bible this morning, and I, I normally like to give a synopsis of what that section of the scripture says, uh, but I really felt on this first one that God just really felt yeah, impressed on me to just read it. Now, you're going to have to bear with me because this will be 28 verses, but I'm going to read two verses before I start, though, so it's going to be... 30 total verses. You think you can bear it? <laughs> but, you know, we need to rely on his word, his word itself. God can speak to each one of you, not just me, each one of you. We all are oracles of God. So let's, let's dive into it. The first verse I have for you is Matthew 6, 34. It says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard thing comes up when the time comes. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 13. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Like I said, I'm going to share from the book of Daniel, these 28 verses, and so let's read those here, starting with verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one that the satraps might give an account to them so that the king would suffer no loss then this Daniel distinguished himself above 
my iPad decided to close. Sorry. <laughs> Set himself above the governors and satraps because of an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could not find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and the satraps, the, the counselors and the advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or any man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with the windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, the thing is true according to the law of Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to be delivered, to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persian that, that no decree or statute which the king established may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying, Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Verse 18, now the king went into his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also his, sl his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? 
Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed in his God. And the king gave the command and they brought those men who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions, then their children and their wives and the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they even hit the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote, To all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Great story, a great account. It's not a story, it's an account. It actually happened. One, Daniel knowingly didn't follow fear. He kept his faith and didn't follow the law of the land. So in verse 10, it says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so he knew this decree was going out. He went home and in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God and was his custom since early days. So even in that decree, Daniel didn't give in to fear. He stood on his faith and said, I'm going to serve my God. I'm going to serve my God. Number two, Daniel followed the law. Now, Daniel was a law follower, you know, and because of that, in his faith, he was a blessing since the spirit of excellence was upon him. In verse 3, it says, Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because of an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. When you operate in God's kingdom, there's an excellent spirit that should rise up in you that no matter what you do or commit your hand to, it's done in an excellent manner to glorify our king. Number three, Daniel was found innocent because God's law is higher than man's law. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions, shut the lions' mouths, so that they have not hurt me, because I have found innocent, 
I was found innocent before him, God, and also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now, we as believers are to obey the laws of the land until it comes in conflict with God's word. Because God's word, God's law is higher than man's law. And if you obey God's law, you will be innocent of man's law. Number four, Daniel stood on his faith and not on fear and ushered in God's kingdom and blessing for everyone. Verse 25, then King Darius wrote, to all people, nations, and languages that dwelt in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that every dominion in of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God a ste- and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persians. The kingdom was blessed. The people was blessed because he took a stand in faith on God's word. Another example of this one, this one I'll give a short synopsis on because I, for time reason. <laughs> we have the story of uh, Shadrach, Shed- Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. picking up at the park after they had not bowed before the golden idol. So another decree had been made that the people of the kingdom had to bow before this idol, this golden idol. And so idol in Daniel 3:16 it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to King, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. That would be like you standing before the president and said, I have no need to answer to you. I don't answer to you. I answer to someone that is higher than you. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship your golden image, which you have set up. So no matter what, God is either going to deliver me from the fiery furnace, or I'm going to be with God today. You don't control that. God does. So no matter what, O king, you have no power of where I'm going or where I'm going to be. Then in Daniel 3, 24, it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in, into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, look. He answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Nebuchadnezzar praised God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. 
Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps and the administrators and the governors and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whom bodies the fire had no power. The hair on their head was not even singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of the fire was not even on them. I can't even stand around a fire camping without getting the smell of smoke on me. And these guys came out of the fire, not even smelling like smoke. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Here a king is making a decree again. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king prompted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in, promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Could you imagine if our current president said, I set a decree, I set a law that if you don't serve the God of New Song Church, you're going to be cut up into little pieces and your house is going to be burned down. <laughs> wow, that'd be extreme. <laughs> Number one, again, we see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knowingly didn't follow fear. They stood in faith, not fear. Number two, they were found innocent because they were following God's word, which is higher than man's law. Number three, man's law was changed to follow God's. Number four, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood on faith and not on fear and ushered in God's kingdom and blessing for everyone. You might ask, how do I stand in faith and not fear? Let's turn to the story in Matthew 14, starting with verse 22. Or let's turn to the account. <laughs> I've been challenged on that because in today's society right now, people think story is something fictional. But this is in no way fictional. This is an account of what happened. Sure. Starting with 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So this is right after the feeding of the 5,000. So Jesus tells his disciples to get in the boat and to, to head to the other side. Do you see in verse 22, if you go back to that, David, Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Do you see a word of God here? Do you see a word of God here? I mean, it's all word of God. But do you see what he's saying here? Do you see what he's saying here? He sent them to the other side. Do you think Jesus will send you somewhere without being there with you? 
So Jesus had already given them the word that he was going to be with them and he will be with them till they get to the other side. He gave them his word that they would make it. They didn't know they were going into a storm. But he had already, before they even entered the storm, given them the provision and the word that I'm sending you to the other side. I will be with you. That's enough. His word is enough. That's the point of this message this morning. His word is enough for you. How many of you know that he is giving you his word that you will make it? You will make it. And Paul clarifies this in Romans 8, starting with verse 35, says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to, what? Separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. I want you to remember right here, faith does not eliminate the distraction. It shifts the attention. And each one of those stories with Daniel in the lion's den, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and even in this story here, you will see a shift in attention. Where does the attention shift? It takes a society that is not following God, and as you stand in faith on God's principles, it changes and it shifts the attention of where the society should be. We don't stand in fear. We stand in faith in what God is giving us in provision. Back to Matthew. So the disciples are heading out onto the lake and unknown to them into a storm. But Jesus knew that where they were headed, didn't he? And he knew that, but he's you know continuing on what he needs to do in verse 23. And he... And when he had sent them, sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. So here Jesus, you think Jesus is separate, but I even think in this moment, and I know in this moment, that Jesus is up there on the mountaintop praying, but you know what? He is able to keep his eyes on his disciples at the same time. He can keep his eyes on you. Even though there's millions of people around the world, you know what? He keeps his eyes on you as well. He never took his eyes off his disciples, even when he was on that mountaintop praying. And some of us right now are are in circumstances and we're dealing with things personally and also we're dealing with things as a society. We feel like God has just left you out there by yourself. Sometimes we feel that way, don't we? But don't worry, he has his eyes upon you. We have to remember that he has given you or us his word. You have something right before you. 
on your phone or in physical form, you have his word before you every day that you can go to, you can read, you can get uh, inspiration from the Holy Spirit, rhema word released to you. No matter what you're going through, he is giving you his word, but it doesn't work if you don't trust it in the meantime. He gave his disciples his word that, they, that he would meet them on the other side. Verse 23b, now when the evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary, or means the wind was against them. So on this side of the field, I have a goalpost over here. So on this side of the field, actually it'd be on this side of the field because you're driving towards the goal. On this side of the field, here's the wind, the trials of life, the feelings to question what God is doing, to give up on hope of ever making it to the other side. Now watch what Jesus does here. He didn't stop the wind. He just didn't... He did not stop what was working against the disciples. It says here in verse 25, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. When I read this, it immediately brought memories of football back. <laughs> and today there is a big football game. And we are always told by our coach, even if you're down, even if you're ahead, you give it all to the end. So when fourth quarter hit, you were, your hand was up, and you're yelling, four. <laughs> it's fourth quarter. We don't let up. In the fourth quarter of the game, when it seems like all is lost, we call an audible. We call an audible of Jesus. Do you know what an audible is? An audible is something that happens when a quarterback sees a shift in the defense, a shift in what the enemy is doing. Daniel saw the shift. He saw the writing or the decree signed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw the, sh the shift. They called an audible. They called an audible, and they stood in faith upon the word of their God. Just like in this situation with Jesus' disciples, he's teaching them to call an audible. In fact, with Peter, Peter's in the storm and he, he, Jesus comes and, and he says, if you tell me to come, I'll come, O Lord. And he just says, come. And what does he do? He, has, he stands in faith at first and steps out on the boat. But then what? Gets distracted by the wind and the waves and the sea. He fumbled the ball. Where'd it go? <laughs> but Jesus still reached out and grabbed him. Picked up the ball, gave it back to him. Call that audible, Jesus. We need to praise him like the wind is against you. We need to praise him like his word is enough. I'm standing upright, not because the wind stopped, but because the word has come. Church, the word has come. And I really felt in preparing this message that Christ and his father is saying to us as a church, when are you going to realize that my word is enough? 
When are you going to finally realize that my word is enough for what you need in your life and for what you're going through? When is it going to be enough? Is it going to be enough a minute from now or the next minute? When is it going to be enough when you're ready to call the audible that I've given you to defeat what is keeping you from the end zone? When is it going to be enough? And when you do call the audible and you call Jesus in, you know what? You don't, even, you don't just get the victory. You don't, you don't just get the change in perspective. You get the extra point. Do you have a volunteer that wants to try to kick an extra point? There we go. Why don't you come on up here? Hurry on up. Hurry on up. So with Jesus, you get to kick the extra point. Hey. And guess what? With the extra point, the whole nation is blessed. The perspective is changed. You are not harmed because you are in Christ and nothing can harm you. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And so this morning, let's call some audibles in closing. And it's a good thing, I just want to state this. It's a good thing Daniel just didn't say, I'm going to close up the windows. I'm going to retreat and pray in hiding. It's a good thing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't say, I'm just going to bow to this idol one time. It's no big deal. Just this one time. And how many times do we do that in all our lives? This, this, it's not that, God, you know my heart. I love you. But I, just not this moment, God. And you bow to that circumstance. You bow to that sin. You bow to that lie. You allow the wind to blow you good thing that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood in faith. I'm here to tell you that you can't watch the weather and decide whether God is with you. I'm going to say that again. I'm here to tell you that you can't watch the weather and decide whether God is with you. Don't watch the waves. Don't watch the wind. If he says, come... He has given you the word. He has given you the provision to get to the other side. No matter what storm of life is thrown at you, no matter what fiery furnace that you're going to be maybe thrown into, he is giving you the provision to walk through it. You can't watch your feelings to decide whether or not to keep moving forward. You have to believe and have faith that Christ is with you in this game of life. We call an audible. And everybody stand. <laughs> I dropped that audible. <laughs> they all have Jesus written on them. I'm going to read some verses. And when I finish re- reading the verse, I'm going to throw this out into the crowd. And they, no liability on my part if it hits you and hits you. It is a foam ball. It shouldn't hurt. So if you can't catch it, anyways. 
After I read the verse, we're going to call an audible. I want everybody just to, the, to yell the name Jesus. We're calling the audible of Jesus today in this life. So we say, Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus! Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Jesus! <laughs> Joshua 1.9, I have not, uh, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for your Lord, your God, will be with you whenever, wherever you go. Jesus! <laughs> Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 23, 4. Jesus! <laughs> the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 27, 1. Jesus! God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surges, I will call the name Jesus! And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both the soul and body. Matthew 10, 28. Jesus! Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worthy more than many sparrows. Matthew 10, 29, 31. Jesus! Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the word world gives you do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Luke 14, 27. Jesus! Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. John 14, 1. Jesus! <laughs> Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. Jesus! Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Jesus! <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Jesus! 
Church, we need to call the Jesus audible in our lives and trust him with all your heart in faith and make the stand on his word. Make the stand on his word. Don't stand, don't stand in fear. Don't bow to fear. Stand on his word and call the Jesus audible in your situation. Very, very good. Thank you, Jer. And thank you, Jesus. We have a pastoral care team at the altar to believe God with you for the miracles you need in your life, body, soul, or spirit. If you're not born again, if you don't know for sure that you're going to go to heaven, come on up. They'll lead you. They'll also lead you in an experience of Jesus that will uh, cause you to be born from the Father, born above, born from above, born again. Get started on your life in Jesus. Anything else you want, any miracle you need, the Bible says we have not because we ask not. Let's be asking, church. Enjoy the rest of your day, whether you watch the game or not. Enjoy it. God's with you. Remember, it's always Jesus. God bless.